Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with SX over Zoom video. SX born, raised, and still living in Wolverhampton in the UK. We talk about how he grew up there and liked it so much that he really never left. So very huge supporter of the city. He's actually the ambassador for their football team, the Wolves, which is really rad. Uh, but we talk about how he got into music, started out DJing. Actually, first thing he learned how to do was play drums. He moved on from that, started DJing, moved on from that, and started mixing and writing beats. A beat that he wrote when he was 15 years old ended up on the radio. A major artist cut a song using the beat. A couple of years later, it was premiered on BBC One, which drew a lot of eyes to him. We talk about that. How he was able to work with some huge artists like Lil Wayne. Just hustling, going to the venue the day that Lil Wayne's performing, going to the radio station that these artists are doing interviews at and meeting people and just handing them tapes and handing them their, the, the beats that he's been working on. Just an incredible work ethic. SX talks all about that, producing for Childish Gambino, getting a DM from him on Twitter. He talks about going from a producer to now he's an artist and how that conversation went with his manager and having to go through all those emotions of, okay, well, everyone knows me as this producer. Now I want to put out songs. How are people going to react to that? So we hear all about his artist project, his most recent song called All Night and the record he has coming out as well. You can watch that interview with SX on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We would love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you could hook us up with a five-star review, that'd be awesome. And follow us there as well. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with SX. This podcast is about you and your journey in music. And yeah. we'll talk about the, the new record. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I love your, uh, is that Mortal Kombat behind you on like a, yeah, it's like yeah, a little that, arcade machine. Um, there's a bunch of cardboard and polystyrene behind there, but yeah. That's sick. Some, some <laughs> friends. Yeah. Crazy. That, man. That's yeah. really cool. It's like a little bachelor pad, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. And I see big bird up there as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very cool very cool well first off talk to me about where were you born and raised uh born and raised and still live in uh, wolverhampton england uk united kingdom okay you're still there yeah, yeah yeah i still live here i have two kids so a lot of people don't know that but i'm a dad first and foremost before anything you know um so yeah like anywhere i need to go i can just travel to so i like to be home because also, it keeps me very grounded, you know, like it's, it's a small town away from, from, I say, London or wherever the, the hype is at, you know, but mm -hmm. um, to be able to still maneuver through it all and, and, and still live here is, is cool, you know. <laughs> that is cool. I'm, I'm a dad as well. I have two kids yeah. as well. And uh, I, I feel you, man, being dad life and, and the family thing is definitely takes uh, a lot precedence. And then, of course, if, yeah. It's just a different lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, blending it between being, you know, a musician is crazy anyway. So on top of being an artist, you know, I was a producer first. So, mm -hmm. you know, you utilizing my time to be a dad around just producing was pretty easier. But since I became an artist, it was like, wow, this is how like crazy life can be. Not being able to even see them for, you know, a few 
a month or mm-hmm. maybe even longer just be traveling on the road or but at the same time it's like it's all for them so i think they know that in the end yeah 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 for sure i mean wow what a cool yeah but then they could always be like look at my dad he's this yeah, awesome, yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> huge musician and producer <laughs> like that's pretty pretty sweet <laughs> they definitely um they're proud of me i think <laughs> yeah i would think so as well that's rad um well so talk to me about you're, you obviously like where you live, man. You, you stayed there. You are born there, raised there. You're still there, raising your kids there. Um, when did you get into music? Um, I was around about, well, it was always kind of a part of me from young. You know, my mom would kind of play music uh, like ABBA and Fleetwood Mac and also like old dance hits, like, you know, just EDM type, like old, old 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 songs but I had, I had that in the house but then my older brother also like was a dj so he'd have all the hip-hop kind of stuff there so I kind oh, of had, really i, I kind of yeah i kind of grew up just listening to different kind of types of music just subconsciously i also skated too and, and at that kind of time when i was maybe like 11 12 13 kind of just finding out who i am as a, mm. uh, a growing teen um i was into rock music so i started playing the drums first and then i quickly oh. grew out of that and kind of fell back in love with the hip hop and and grime thing. And grime is like obviously a culture out here, a big genre out here in the UK. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of where I got my start. And I, I never saw myself as a grime producer. I always felt like I made like hip hop beats and rap beats because that was what I listened to and was inspired by. But it was always at 140 beats per minute, which is what grime is typically mm-hmm. around, you know? So, um, uh, you probably didn't know that at the time, right? Uh, was it something you learned I mean, later? I didn't know it because it was a part of our culture growing up in the schools, in you know, in high school and things. And I did know about it, so it was subconscious, I suppose. I was doing it at that, but it was always like hip hop sounding beats. So, um, yeah, like one of these beats that I made at 15 years old just blew up when I was 17. So I kind of completely forgot about it, and it became like one of the biggest grime beats in the country. Back when there was no Spotify or YouTube, you know, it was, it got big from one play on Radio 1, which is the biggest radio station in the UK. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it, that was back when, like, if a DJ played it on the radio, it was like, people were locked in, you know? I was 17 years old, man. So I was just like, what? This was 2009, <laughs> the end of 2009. So it was just like, my life went from just trying to make beats and just do what I'm doing to being like, bam, everyone's now looking at me and trying to work with me. So that just opened up the door. So fortunately, I feel like I've never had to leave Wolverhampton as well. Not to be ahead of myself, but I just felt right. like they're coming to me anyway. And I'm right. Nice, they're vibing with me. So I know that will always get you there, you know, wherever you go. So yeah. Wow. Well, I want to back up just a little bit. Well, first of all, what intrigued me is that you said you used to skate. Did you skateboard? No, actually inline. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Were you like, okay, that was a big thing here. I mean, I'm from San Diego and skateboarding oh, yeah. and skateboarding was huge. So, so is uh, inline skating. That was massive. I mean, there's big companies out here like Senate and some other ones. Is that what you did? Like that style? Yeah. 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 Uh, like I, grinding uh, on rails and stuff. Absolutely, man. I was doing all that. Like I wasn't the greatest, but I was definitely good. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know, man. I kind of can't remember that much about it, but everybody in the area that i lived in was just skating that was the vibe and we just go to the skate park and just vibe like you know and just mm-hmm. yeah i was doing like macchios and 
cop souls, all kind of like little skate tricks and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like uh, it, there's a culture there in itself, right? I mean, there's a music culture within that, like it skating all, and skateboarding. It's all linked together. And I think that was it, like growing up and being around the older kids that were listening to hip hop and really getting to know certain artists. Like, I remember when I was like 11 listening to like immortal technique and stuff and really being put onto like, you know, deeper, deeper kind of rap. So it was really instilled into me, but my love was always like Southern dirty South hip hop, like UGK and, you know, three, six mafia. That was always what appealed to me. Just, you know, the, the, the bounce on those beats was insane. So. Sure. When you, when you were playing drums, were you trying to play like rock music or were you, were you trying to play more like hip hop beats? To be honest with you, I learned to play in high school. So I'd just be jamming with my boy who played guitar and my friend on the keys. So it was really just whatever. We just mm -hmm. kind of uh, freestyle, but I just learned how to play by ear. But then I started actually taking lessons and I think I got to like grade four. So yeah. Then, okay. I, just, <laughs> then I was just like, no, nah, this ain't for me. Okay. I've always done that, man. Like I started skating. I was like, no, nah, this ain't for me. Started drumming learn to do it i was like yeah this ain't for me then i started um producing no sorry i started djing and then okay. I, was like, I don't like playing other people's songs but i know how to do it i know how to mix songs properly um then i then i was like look i want to make my own beats instead of playing other people's and then that just turned into me producing for let's get into that later <laughs> everyone <laughs> but then um but then i was like, i've had enough of this now i want to be an artist and just start trying to do that so I don't even know what's going to be next for me when I'm like, yo, I don't want to be an artist no more. Mm -hmm. You know, but I know me enough to be like, I get bored of things after time. So who knows like what will, I'm not finished. I'm not quitting yet. Not quitting, but I'm not putting it to rest yet. Sure. You sure. know, I've, I've got goals I want to hit and dreams, you know, mm -hmm. but even to see, like I always get hard on myself. You know, I'm like, yo, I want to do this. I want to do that. But man, five years ago, I had a normal job. <laughs> You know, so it's like I've, I've done a lot in my career. And yeah, I mean, that's wild. I mean, to think five years back I, and I want to get into that, like going from working a normal job and then it's like my life is producing records and now it's, you know, writing songs and, and, and being an artist. But uh, you, you mentioned DJing. Were you DJing what like like parties when you're in high school or was this and you said your brother uh, DJs as well? Yeah, my brother was um, he's a little bit he's like 10 years older than me. So he was obviously a different generation. So he was DJing mm -hmm. in nightclubs, I think, but mostly just as a hobby when he was just, he had little, little bookings, but nothing crazy. Um, but just being around him doing that, it definitely inspired me to want to do that. Cause you know, it's my older brother and I mm -hmm. look up to him. So um, yeah, I, I, I learned to do that, but it was actually in like, we have youth clubs in the UK where like after school, if you're going out on the streets with your friends, there's these little like centers where you can go in every different neighborhood and everyone just kind of chills there. And it's like, there's like, there's a little DJ set up there with the microphone. So everyone will kind of freestyle on the mic and I'd be there DJing the beats together. But because uh -huh. they're all, they're all at 140 BPM, like I was saying, beats per minute, you know, uh -huh. that's it. Like that, we were just mixing like grind beats together and everyone would kind of freestyle. So that was, that's how I got into that. But then I was just like, I don't want to DJ no more. I want mm -hmm. to actually be the guy that makes the beats. I don't want to be there like playing them. 
I think I've just been finding out what it is I want to do the whole time. I'm definitely music orientated, but who knows? <laughs> I've gone from drumming to being a full artist and I produce all my own music. So I'm, I've got all the knowledge behind me. <laughs> yeah. I wear a lot of hats for sure. <laughs> with, um, with the beat, beat making, I mean, you said you made the beat at 15 years old. That ended up getting on the radio at 17 years old. Yeah. Man. And what were you, were you just messing around with a program at your, at your house trying to teach yourself? And then it became, you put something out. Like, how did that even, do you even know how that happened? That beat, like, I remember for that one specifically, I made it for somebody and they didn't use it. So it kind of just got left in the vault, you know? Like, I was just like, whatever. I'm making like three to five, maybe even 10 beats a day at that point because I'm just a kid in my room, like a geek, just trying to learn more about it every day you know um, were you putting those like were you pitching them to other artists like on online or people no, in your neighborhood at that time, it was like only myspace so i'd upload my like beats to myspace and try and network but at that time it was like it was hard you know mm -hmm. still, i was very proactive though i'd helped so many people and that was what got me to produce for a certain artists that i have produced for um just being persistent and and very proactive you know kind of like stalkerish I'm not like that anymore, which I kind of wish I still had that hunger because, you know, as a point where I've had success as a producer, I don't so much have the same thing as an artist. So I'm really trying to, I wish that I had that same kind of like proactiveness where I just stalk people, but I'm, I'm like 29 years old, man. So I'm, I'm not trying to be creeping people. Right. But, when yeah. you're like, but it's cute and cool when you're like 14, 15 years old. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but nah, um, I feel like I just left, forgot about the beat. And, and then me and a collective of friends, and we had a little group called Stay Fresh, um, which is the group, the collective that we put that beat out. You know, that was our little like crew. And we, and we they're, they're not together anymore. But um, at the time that we was really getting some, some, some action shown on us, because especially being from Wolverhampton and um, Birmingham, which is a really small city mm -hmm. not far from here. It's like 20 minutes away, but that's the second biggest city in the UK. And all of the, the all of the light on that grime kind of culture was in um, in London. You know, that it was a London scene. It was a London. Mm -hmm. So to be really like bubbling out of out of London was a big thing back then. Mm -hmm. And I, I genuinely believe that that beat uh, changed the, the way that grime and somewhat UK music production to what it is in today, you know, how it's now American kind of sounds, but it's drill. I feel like that is all inspired by, you know, the, the sound and the influence that I contributed to that. That's you know, so cool. The first to do it and, and it's mm -hmm. fine. So, yeah, man, that's that's a mad thing to self-proclaim, but, you know, that's how I feel. But still, <laughs> I mean, obviously, it, it, everything that came after that, I mean, that's crazy to think. When you yeah. put that out and then you, did you know that it was going to make BBC one like at the time or was nah. this like something so random that you're like, wait, what? I made that beat. Why? Well, what happened was um, I forgot about it. And then when I joined that collective of friends, I, I gave them every single beat that I had. Oh, okay. Just take them. If it takes 400 beats for you to go through and you find one, we're good. You know, that was my mentality. Mm -hmm. So I gave them every beat. They ended up using damn near every beat, you know, but um, one of them, was that track and we kind of it just stumbled upon us we were like wow this is special because they could all freestyle to it and it was just a loop you know um so that was it i think it was just an mc's favorite kind of 
beat to just let off steam on, you know, and then that's kind of the culture of how that song blew up. And because I had that kind of impact with every artist based on that beat, one beat, they all wanted their own beat from me. So it really did open up every single door to any artist that I wanted to work with pretty much in the UK. And that's how I did it. I got to work with, you know, Tiny Temper, who was huge at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Skepta. I worked with him many times. Um, so many people that are big in, in the UK, but then also stateside as well. You know, for example, I don't want to go too far ahead, but that beat... No, go ahead. This is awesome. That beat blowing up and being a part of the UK culture is the reason why I got to work with Childish Gambino, you know? like mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that you were on his... Uh, you were on the Grammy record, right? The Grammy-nominated one? Yeah. Yeah, man. And um, because the internet, I, I produced on the track with uh, Chance the Rapper. I did the drums on there. Mm-hmm. And um, just just being, a, you know, like, he just DM'd me on Twitter one day. This was like around the time when his debut album came out, uh, Camp. And I was already a fan of him from Community and, you know, just knowing about him. So I was like, yo, that's, that's Childish Gambino. That's Donald Glover. Like, this was, so we linked up in like 2000, maybe 11 or t- no, 2012, I think. Uh-huh. And um yeah, that was early. I went to his first ever show in the UK, which was like man, less than a hundred people were there. Um oh, wow. It's insane to see the what he's <laughs> achieved, right? I mean, not only is he an amazing actor, but like Childish Gambino is so it's so big. I mean it's like headlining major festivals and everything man, else. And, and honestly, like just it's just crazy to even to think that that was like something I've contributed to, you know, or just been a part of. And and he even did a verse for me. Like, well, I, I was doing this thing where I was, like, trying to work with artists where I release them as my songs featuring them, but I just mm-hmm. made them. And, um, yeah, you know, Gambino gave me a whole song. There's a song out there called SX Free At Last featuring Childish Gambino. And it's not on DSPs or anything anymore due to, you know, label issues, but um, it's out there. That's you know? cool. Yeah. Wow. Man. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Well, real quick on the the song, you said set you're 17 when the song hits the air and then people are on you. You must have been, what, and still in high school at this point? I just left, so I just began, um, you know, in the UK we have it where you finish high school at 16 and then you go to college. Mm. college oh, and, and then, then you, you go, go to university. You, yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah, I was in college in my second year. I did one year and then... That was all good. But then in that second year was when things started to really, really take off. And I remember, um, you know Dizzy Rascal? I know the name. I know the name. So he, um, he had a show in Wolverhampton, and I got the opportunity to meet up with him earlier in the day at, this, at the venue and play him some beats and things. And I remember um, I had a, my, my college called me to see, like, am I coming in? Because I was never going in. And they were, and I was like, look, I can't, because I have to. I'm going to this thing, you know. I didn't tell them what I was doing, but I was like, I can't make it. Like I've got this going on, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, don't bother coming back. Literally on that day. <laughs> but then what's wow. crazy? Dizzy walked into the dressing room, ready for me to play him some beats. My laptop was open, and um, the laptop crashed, man. So I didn't even get to play him no beats. He just walked right out. I never saw him again. Oh so- wow. <laughs> How did that must have been devastating, first of all, right? 
And then it's just like day, man, because like, oh, sorry, I don't know if you could. No, you can cuss, say whatever you want. (laughs) It was a pretty (laughs) bad day because like, um, yeah, just getting kicked out of college and then getting the opportunity because of trying to play this guy beats. And then my laptop failed me and he walked out. It was like, but it was a swift reminder of like, yo, you are on the right path. It's a catch 22 right there. But what do you want to do? Like, I'm not going to go back to college. That's not for me. You know, Mm -hmm. so I just. And then next thing I know, man, like it's all just happening anyway. So, so yeah. So after that happened, were you like, I mean, it sounds like you were like, you, you weren't even, I mean, you must've been down on yourself, right? Like, oh my God, the computer did this. And then you know, <laughs> I got kicked out of yeah, school like, and like, what do I do? I looked at the light of it and just was like, whatever, you know, it's, it, and, I, can't, I can't change it. So I just, I just kept it moving and literally like, I don't know. I just, everyone just kept coming to me. So I wasn't that mad about it anyway. I was just like, whatever. It's one bad opportunity missed out of however many blessings I'm about to receive. So yeah. And that is what happened. You know, many more came. So yeah. What was it? What was the next? I mean, obviously the childish Gambino thing was probably, was that the first real, aside from the song making the radio, was that like the next real big victory for you? Or do you have something bigger happen between that? I had a lot of, um, like underground sort of, but still mainstream, you know, like I worked with, like I said, Tiny Tempo, I had placements mm-hmm. on their albums. So I was producing on a few big artist albums in between that time, but I never had like a hit or anything, you know, I was just mm-hmm. making um, tracks for artists, which were still big, you know, in their right. albums. But, um, but yeah, I never had like the song that was like, oh my God, I've produced this number one song and I've gone crazy. But I've always... um just let it happen due to fate. I've never tried to force things. I've always just let it like do what it needs to do. The universe work its way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that you have to kind of bring them to you. So that's just kind of what I did. I just stayed in the right rooms, just kept doing what I was doing. And next thing I know, the people were, well, they just come into me. Like, I can't make it up. <laughs> it's what was happening. <laughs> so yeah, so, it was just what was happening. Um, so yeah, I'm super blessed to be able to work with some of the artists I have worked with. You know? Yeah, I mean the list of people that you've worked with is insane. I I I did read um, a quote of yours, and who knows if it's a, a misquote? You know how that happens. Yeah. And of course, Wikipedia has screwed me in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you 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 said something about working with Lil Wayne and how that was like if you got to work with Lil Wayne, like you know I made it, I'm, it's over, and then you it's did, over. and then it's like, well now what? Like yeah. I, I found like whilst speaking about that recently, um, I've realized that like after you obtain another goal or one of your dreams or whatever it is that you're trying to do, more will come because you're still living your life. You know, life happens after your goal. So I've got new goals now, but everything I've ever put on my goal list or, or said I'm going to do, I've done it. You know, I've never overachieved, but I've believed like extremely. So that's like to, being from Wolverhampton. And post, you know, pre um, even Instagram where it's easy to just DM people, you know, you have to really be in the streets. And I was like 17 years old traveling to London on the train and, and waiting outside Radio 1 and, and waiting to give beats to artists. If I knew that they were doing a press run in the UK, I know they're going to be at that station at a certain time because they'd say like, yo, we've got Drake on this show. So I'd go outside there. This is the first time Drake ever came to the UK. And I waited outside Radio 1 and I met his people. I met Nico. They don't even know this, but, you know, I got their emails and I sent them beats. Nothing came from it, but 
you know, like nothing came from it in that way. But then I did it for, um, I think Lil Wayne came over and I met one of his dudes from Cash Money. And that is how I got in there. <laughs> That's how I did it. You know, I got the email, I sent beats and bam, I did it. And then there was other avenues where I had friends like in America that were also kind of close to other artists, like my boy DJ Folk. He's close to Jeezy and collects beats for Jeezy. So that's how I got the Jeezy placement. You know, we got a number one album in America on that Billboard 200. So that's crazy as well. And he's a legendary, you know, young Jeezy is a huge, uh, yeah, huge, huge piece of, especially Southern hip hop too. So for me to achieve that as well is mad. Yeah. That is. Wow. I mean, it, it's, it's wild to think now. I mean, go, hearing your hustle, like going down to, to Radio One and just waiting outside, trying to, you know, give somebody your beats. Like I remember hearing other stories doing this podcast uh, about artists in like early 2000s doing that as well. Like going like in, if you're in a band, like, okay, I know so-and-so is playing tonight at this club. I'm going to show up there and I'm going to just give them my demo and hope that they listen to it. Um, And to hear those little victories and those success stories is so cool. That's how it is. Like, that was my logic of thinking. I remember watching, like, MTV, something on MTV, and they were like, look, they were scared. About, it was, I think it might have been 50 Cent or somebody, but they were like, they get scared doing certain shows. It wasn't 50 Cent. It might have been, I don't know who it was, but they were like, we get scared going to certain concerts because people know we're pulling up to the city. They know we're about to be in this exact spot. You don't know who's got beef with us. You don't know who's pulling up. And I was like, that makes so much sense. I know they're going to be right there. Why don't I go to exactly where they're going to be at and be like, I never even tried to go for the artist. I'd always go for the man. I'd, I'd assess the situation and see who he's close to, who he's talking to before he, and then I'd be like, look, because I'm this like 16, 17 year old white kid, they're just like, all right, let's check it out. And every, like, they always hit me back. It's crazy, you know? So blessed blessed <laughs> that's all yeah. i can say wow the energy i was giving them or but it always it always seemed to come back so sure i mean yeah. in, a, in the in the in the industry now i mean obviously it's changed a whole lot especially like you said with with instagram and everything else that's happening would you is there any like tool that you would you know use or like if you were you know, it's 17, 18 now, and you're trying to reach out to these people. I feel like if you're shooting DMs to these artists that have millions of followers, like, is it going to get lost? Like, you're even going to hear something back? Facebook, like, Facebook was the one, because even like Mike Karen, this is 2009, I knew about him. I messaged him on Facebook, and he replied to me, you know? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met him, like, years later in real life, and, and I told him about that, and he's like, well, that's how you do it. You know, you hunt people down, you be a stalker. And that was it. But through, he didn't give me his contact. He gave me the new um, assistant that he just employed, who then went on, I built an attraction with him. And, you know, he went on to introduce me to Lupe Fiasco, Ty Dollar Sign. I got to work with all of these artists from, from that. So Mike Karen doesn't even know that, but just being the person he is or the person that everyone else is when I'm, asking them it all everyone's linked somehow so it all ends up somehow being oh you know this you know when you it's weird how small the world is right and it is so it's wild to think and and i've had that situation happen recently where like my son my younger son he's five and he's 
in kindergarten and a, a guy I, I recently moved to Nashville and a guy that I, I met, like the one person I've kind of befriended here. Um, he's in the music industry and this, my son's really good friend from school. We finally had him over at our house with his mom and his, sure enough, his mom like grew up with this guy. Like, it was just like, um, wait, what? <laughs> like, and we're all in the same area. It was just like, just these little things that you kind of, weave in and connect is so crazy and that and that's was what I say about the universe man like the path that we're on is written out for for us you know we just got to keep walking on it keep going and and that's it you're supposed those things are amazing and you're supposed to people are meant to be in your life for a reason you know and the fact mm -hmm. that there's those things that we people might call coincidences i don't call them that those are like you're supposed you vibed with that person and come together for a reason it says a lot you know mm -hmm. um, so yeah that's that's great. Yeah. It's so cool to hear that. I mean, I love that you, the story of you just going out there and, you know, yeah. okay, well, I might not be able to talk to Drake, but I could talk to this guy that's talking to Drake who obviously has some sort of relationship with him. So maybe if I give him my record or give him my beats, he might hear him. He might get back to me. And you just never know, man. And like, I've learned so much about being an artist from being an artist. I'm sorry. I've learned so much about artists from being an artist now. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, being a producer first, I've got that kind of like the nerd in me where I'm trying to always stay in tune with what's the latest sounds, the latest, um, you know, production things to have. But then there's also the artist part of me where it needs to focus on being an artist. Mm -hmm. Like, There's always that grind in me that's like, yo, you know, if I could just get in the studio with this person, if they're in my city, like I can pull up with my laptop, with my mic, we can make the song tonight. <laughs> You know, like that's mm -hmm. always going to be in me. So, you know, even if artists come to Birmingham and, you know, have a show there, I, I might link up with them and just take my setup. And, you know, you never know. I'm always, I'm always ready. That grind is still there. It's just, let's do it. And that's how I'm feeling now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I love that. Uh, on the, the artist project, when did you decide, like, you know what? I love producing. I love what I'm doing, but I want to kind of take this to a different direction. Honestly, like it, it's always something I've wanted to do. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, I just never had the confidence to do it. I never really felt like people would take me serious. They might laugh at me, or I don't know. I was embarrassed about what others would feel. Mm -hmm. But I remember I, you know, I broke up with my kid's mom in um, 2016 and moved out and kind of just had like my own time again. And obviously, was going through the heartbreak and the real life situation of kind of separating from your family. I was like, you know what? Like producing ain't for me anyway right now, because I had already put it on the back burner because due to life happening. And mm -hmm. I went through like a three year period where life wasn't all amazing. And I was producing for these people. I actually stopped producing, went through real serious personal issues. Um, and I had to get a normal job, you know, where I started, I actually started working at Wolverhampton Wanderers, the football club, um, oh really the wolves yeah. but i'm now an ambassador for them and you know i'm an a and r for their record label so the full circleness of it all but i don't want to jump the gun i want to go back to there real quick um uh -huh. breaking up with with my family in a sense you know and leaving them and having my own space and being able to be in this like environment where i don't know it's so alien to me you know it's like i met with her when i was 18 and then left when i was i mean i can't do the maths i don't even know <laughs> But, um, you know, 2016. Years later. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
I felt like I was 18 again in a sense of like just being able to be chilling in my room with just me in there and not actually, you know, knowing that, you know, my partner's coming in or the, the kids are there even. So mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, what do I do? I started pouring out all my heartbreak into the microphone <laughs> because I'd always wanted to do it but because I'm alone. And I was listening to Phil Collins around that time so heavily. And obviously he's, some of his albums are very heartbreak written and, you know. Oh, yeah. So... It hit me, man, and I was just like, you know what, well, fuck this. I'm, this, I'm gonna just do it, man. And the first song I ever wrote was the first song I ever put out. Um, and funnily enough, it got premiered on Radio One. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, it, I mean, that's full circle in itself, right? <laughs> I mean, jeez. Yeah, but just to think, like, I did it and I just put it out, and I didn't care what people thought. I was like, fuck it, I'm going out on Radio One. People are gonna hear it. First song I've ever wrote. They know about all my success as a producer. Then, you know, but this is me now. I'm just doing this. I'm going to do it. And I remember like I had to say that to family. I was so scared and embarrassed about like I'm singing now. I feel like it's not me. I don't, I'm not the most confident person, you know. So that's something that was a big thing for me, but I just did it. And, yeah. and, honestly, and like that same thing that I'm saying about the universe or just that belief in yourself, that's what did it for me, I think. That's what, you know, I'm still not all the way there, but I've done so much during this artist thing that mm-hmm. I know what my path is, is written, you know. I just got some more steps to go and I'm going to start hitting personal goals, man. You know? I love that. I love that uh, that mindset. I'm going to, I'm stealing that from you as far as my own life goes. Like the path is already written. You can't just, steal what is again. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. a lot of times, I mean, any in any industry or art form, I, people run into these, you know, stops or these moments where you're like, I should just give up, right? I, I'm this isn't working. Like you said, I'm going back to a job. I'm gonna go do this. Like I, I need to do something else. And then obviously, it, it always it came back. You're like, okay, actually, I should be doing this artist project. You know, fast forward, and now <laughs> you've been doing it for a while. You've had major successes, mm-hmm. and. It's I crazy, just, man. It, it's mad. Like, I just, I, I don't know. It, it's life is real, you know, to go back to what you were saying about going through personal things. And that's how real it is because it can come full circle and flip right back around. Mm-hmm. And even just like, I've been quite quiet. My fans know this. I've been quite quiet over the last kind of year and a half with not just COVID and the whole thing affecting us in mentally from being trapped in, but. I've had some other personal issues happen and that's made me be a little bit stepped away from, you know, how much I was putting out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So life is real and it's all about growing and adapting and finding out who you are. You're a new person damn near every day, you know? So that's it. Like um, I just believe in what's going to happen will happen and what's meant to be will be, man, you know, but yeah, I'm excited to see what is next for me in, in terms of where I had, I love fashion. So we never know. I might just be a fashion designer in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, this, man, hopefully, hopefully that's, the, that's always been my dream though. And to be an actor as well. Like, oh. Yeah. I would love to um, act. I, I love, I love expressing myself in, in a different way. So, yeah. Sure. I mean, going <laughs> back to what you were saying, like, you know, now you got to tell your family, like I'm a singer now and then going, you already had kind of like, right, you, you already have eyes on you and the industry and, and fans that know you and they know you're a producer. It might yep. even be kind of 
even more diff. I want to say difficult that you're going to be oh, like, okay, now I'm going to put this out here. And then is anyone going to just start, you know, trashing me? Are they going to be like, it should be like, I laugh about it all the time with my manager because he's one of my biggest fans and supporters. You know, he's mm-hmm. like my older brother. But I remember when I said to him, like, yo, I'm going to put producing on the back burner and focus on just being a full on artist now. And he legit said to me, and we, we talk about this, he was like, bro, like, I, I, I hear you and you know I support you, but I don't know if this is, you know, one of the best decisions to make at this time. And for me, I needed to hear that because that was the fuel that I needed to be like, no, watch, I'm going to make it happen, you know? So I did, and, and I said, man, it started happening and I proved myself right, you know? Well, sure. Yeah, yeah, you get kind of... Yeah, it's like, oh, I can't do this. Well, now I'm definitely going to do it. For sure, man. Like, <laughs> someone close to me says, like, yo, that might not be doable. It definitely, like, maybe I'm very stubborn, but um, it definitely uh, contributes to to some of the some of the success I've had is being doubted, man, you know? Uh-huh. And I love the fact, like, being from Wolverhampton is, like, such a cool thing and still living here despite still doing what I'm doing. It's a mm-hmm. little bit of a flex, man. <laughs> it's not easy work. Yeah. A huge flex, right? I mean, you didn't. And and that's the thing is like, you weren't, you're in a, in a smaller city. You weren't like living in New York or LA and and you had these connections and grew up with Lil Wayne's son. You know, it's just like these things that like, (laughs) (laughs) to break out of a small town and to achieve what you've done. Not only, I mean, not only to achieve what you've done, no matter where you live, but like you said, to kind of do it out of your hometown and still live there and have that hometown pride i love that yeah man and, and like i said like I, I really love my city and i put on for it and i'm an ambassador for the football team foundation you know that's huge yeah man i really really want wolverhampton to be it got voted like one of the worst cities in the world like maybe the third city in the world um it's a thing you can google it but uh it for, definitely in what in what regard like that's kind of it's not a rundown city, but it's just like not it. <laughs> okay. it just only people from Wolverhampton will know. Like it's just like it's Wolverhampton. It's weird, but but <laughs> it's home, and it's like that's what I love about it. It reminds me of where I grew up, and to be still there. Like I'll never leave Wolverhampton. I mean, I don't live directly in Wolverhampton, but I'm very close by. You know? So I'm always in Wolverhampton. Um, and even when I do move away into my big, big, big country house one day, that's not going to be far, you know? It's not going to be far. Even if I move to America or whatever I end up doing, I still will have home, home over here, 100%. <laughs> that's incredible. Well, let's hear, let's talk about your new song, All Night. Yeah, um, me and Trippy Red. Uh, it's produced by myself and Digital Farm Animals, who you know, producers with KSI a lot and mm-hmm. like Jonas Brothers. and He makes hits, man. And we've got some more work as well coming together. Um, but yeah, uh, me and Rico Love wrote the song back in 2019, like maybe March 2019, February, very early 2019. Mm-hmm. And again, one of those songs I was just like, it's cool, I love it, but I don't feel like it's me yet. So I just left it and just forgot about it. And then two years later, after COVID, we were like, oh, yo, this is a song. Like, we should, you know, rework on this. So we never touched the vocals. We kept those, but we made a new beat around it. Um, and then my beat wasn't quite all the way it. 
So then we sent it to Digital Farm Animals and he just chef kissed it. So, yeah. And then uh, we ended up getting trippy on it. My manager is cool with his manager and they made it happen. And yeah, man, he's on it. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a blessing. Um, it's the first single from my debut album as well. So um, mm-hmm. I'm very, uh, well, the first official single. I dropped a song uh, just before it called Who We Are. Yeah. So, but the record, you have a full record, right? Ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, almost, man. Still working on it. Still working on it? Every, okay. single, every single night that I'm available. Sometimes I'm having my kids overnight, so I can't work on it. But every single night that I'm free, I'm, I'm in the studio tweaking it, finishing it. I'm going there straight after this. So honestly, it's coming, man. I'm really excited for it because not only is it my debut album, but I've dropped four mixtapes as an artist since. Mm-hmm. And... I can hear the growth from my first one to this one, but I know it's album time now. I really feel like I can say this is my album. <laughs> you know, I found that like starting, I was just doing whatever I wanted to do and just making vibes. And now I've learned over the years about songwriting properly. And rather than just making whatever I want to make, I'm actually making songs and I'm enjoying that. So there's, there's a blend of like pop songs on there. I love making like pop songs messing with electronic sounds. You know, All Night to me is a, is a pop song, you know. Um, but who is SX as an artist that, that isn't SX, you know? So there's a whole other side to the album, which is not pop. It's my original sound that I was doing, which is like trappy, experimental kind of songs, but, but me at the same time, like an elevated, graduated version of me. So I'm excited for the, the fans there and everyone to hear that, man. But... You know, I know the fans have been waiting for me to drop some kind of my original type of music, you know, so yeah, they won't be disappointed. That's awesome. Do you have features on all the songs or only a few or? Well, I don't even really do features, you know, I, I or, on my own songs. Um, oh. on the, like my last mixtape was 18 tracks with no feature. Okay. Um, the one I was just before, curious because you had Trivia Read on uh, our Trivia Read on this one. So that was just that's why I wanted to just say though, like, um, and then my previous mixtape was only one feature and mm-hmm. same with the others, you know, um, but with my album, I'm going to be collabing a lot more. I'm going to be doing a lot more collaborations, you know? Um, so trippy red is the first that you're seeing, but you can expect more, <laughs> you know, I've got some good friends in the industry. So I've got some interest in, uh, Instagram DMS that I've done, <laughs> you know, I've been going yeah. to the house and waiting for them. I've been DMing them. So. <laughs> oh, right on. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you leak one of them on your Instagram recently? Um, a song. Oh, no. I was going to say, I saw a picture of you with an artist, a, a massive artist right now. And I was wondering if he was going to be on the record. Oh, which song? Which, oh, it, Louis Capaldi. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't want to flex, but I was like, which huge artist? I've been with so many. Like, no, no, I just, this is like, like two days ago. Or I okay. think it's not two days ago, but it was like your second to most recent post. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. whoa, that's rad. <laughs> and, uh, um, we met at, um, I was playing at, I don't remember what festival it was. It was one in Glasgow anyway, um, but he was there and we met and we just started kicking it, man. Like we just gravitated. Um, so yeah, who knows what's coming? Yeah, you guys look like you've been old friends or something. It's it's yeah. those are great some great photos, man. That was the first time we'd ever met. So. Wow, wow. Well, 
I appreciate your time, SX. This has been so awesome. Uh, I loved hearing your story. And I have one more quick question. I know you've been dropping advice throughout this whole entire thing, but I was wondering if you have any to aspiring artists. Um, aspiring artists, man. I'd still consider myself an aspiring artist, honestly. So, you know, um, just keep going, man. Keep elevating. Keep experimenting with new sounds. And don't try to do the same old thing just because you've heard it happen. Just, just try different shit because... That is what people are excited to hear. They don't want to hear the same thing, you know? So, yeah. With that being said, that's the motto for my album. Try different shit, you know? (laughs) The new album from SS. (laughs) Try different shit. Try different shit. (laughs) 